Welcome to the SLP Stress Management Podcast, your place to manage stress, reduce the risk of burnout, and find more balance in and out of your life as an SLP. I'm your host, Jesse Andricks, and in today's episode, I have a tool for you to use when you feel overwhelm building and stress hitting you. We're also going to take a moment to meditate together, and I'm going to share four pieces of advice for first-year SLPs, teachers, or those of you who are switching over to the school setting. I'm so excited to share this with you today. Let's dive right in. So if you are feeling particularly overwhelmed right now, like maybe you are about to head back to work or you've already, you know, started your school year and you're a few weeks in or you're in that like first week of school or wherever it might be, there's something you can do that can really help because most of the time when you're overwhelmed, all your thoughts are stuck in your head and the only place they are living is in your head, in your mind, in your thoughts. So one thing you can do is this practice called a brain dump. It's a journaling technique that helps you to sort through these, but really to give them another place to live. Instead of living just in your thoughts where you are trying to keep them secure, they live on your paper or maybe on your Google Doc. So a brain dump is when you set a timer for maybe like five minutes. If you only have two, that's okay, take two. And you just write. You write without stopping about whatever it is that your brain needs to empty out. So you are literally dumping out the contents of your thoughts, your brains, into this other space and giving it a new place to live, a new container to hold it. And it also gives you um, a place that if you need to go back and look over it, you know that it's there. Or if you need to take that paper and burn it, you can do that too. So give this brain dump practice a try. There are no real rules besides writing out whatever's on your thoughts and setting that set amount of time and working through it that entire time. If you need more time, take it. If you have less time, take that as well. So give this a try and let me know how it goes. Let's take a moment together to meditate. So find yourself in a seated position, a comfortable seat. Maybe you're in your office chair at work, or maybe you're sitting on the couch, or maybe you are sitting on a yoga mat or a meditation cushion. You could sit cross-legged, or you could bring your feet flat onto the floor. And wherever you're at, just rest your hands in your lap, just nice and soft, maybe like palms up, resting on your thighs. Let your shoulders rock up, back and down. Maybe close your eyes or find a spot to like set your gaze out in front of you. And then feel a little lift, like rib cage off the waist, little reach through the crown of your head. So you're growing tall through the spine, but not rigid, just space to breathe. <sighs> Today, just begin to breathe, settling in. Settling into this moment. Settling into your body, your breath. Start to breathe in and out through the nose if you can. 
So when we are overwhelmed or feeling a lot of stress, or we're just in a moment of flux, a moment where there's a lot going on, such as the start of the school year, we could begin to feel unsettled, ungrounded, uncentered, that we are more up in our thoughts than we are in our entire body. We lose the breath. We lose that feeling of our feet on the floor, our bottom in our seat. The feeling of each inhale and exhale. So as you breathe here, it's okay to notice thoughts. It's okay to acknowledge them. We're not trying to push them away or pretend that they're not there or to completely clear your mind. But just let them drift away. No attachment to them. Like clouds floating by in the sky. Start to bring your focus into the body and the breath. Maybe pinpointing a place that you can feel your breath whether it's right at the end of your nose, your nostrils, your rib cage, your belly. Wherever it may be. Bringing your focus here, feeling each inhale and each exhale. And if your thoughts pull you away once again, acknowledge them and come back to the breath. This is why it's called a practice. It's the practice of continually bringing your focus back. We'll take about five more breaths here today. When you're ready, begin to float your eyes back open. Maybe add a little wiggle to your fingers, your toes, your shoulders. <sighs> and you have completed your meditation practice for today. Thank you so much for joining in. Being a school SLP did not necessarily go well for me my first time through, or my second, and kind of not my third. 
I was super uncomfortable and disconnected those first few times working in a school. I didn't really feel like I was part of a community at all. Like I had felt in my previous jobs in a skilled nursing facility and in a hospital. So I just kind of felt a little lost. It was like there was so much to know about policies, procedures, meetings, IEPs, protocols, and therapy. And I felt like I didn't know much at all. I had gone through a school placement and had even been offered a job at that school um, when my supervisor moved at the end of the year. But I still felt so unsure of what I was doing. It was definitely one of the things that led me to feel like I had chosen the wrong career and ultimately leaving the field after a few years. But I eventually came back and I worked in teletherapy for a few years before the pandemic. And at this time, it was pretty much new to everyone. Most of the therapists signing on were new to teletherapy. And um, it helped to lessen the idea of not knowing equaling not being good enough. And it gave me the confidence to ask questions and to find resources and to learn as I went along. This last school year, I found myself back in a brick and mortar site, like in person. And again, I had no idea what I was doing really. Um, but instead of allowing it to make me feel disconnected, I used it to build connection, to foster growth, and to learn a few things along the way. It didn't mean that it was really easy, and it didn't mean that it was unstressful, but it helped to turn those parts that were not so easy, those challenges, into like a good challenge, something I could try and figure out and master and learn. And it turned those moments that could have been really, really stressful into less stressful moments that didn't linger and stick with me. So if you are in your first year as an SLP or a teacher or just your first year jumping into this setting, here are four pieces of advice for you for first time school SLPs and teachers. Right. The first piece is that it's okay to ask questions. I know, I know, right? It seems like both, no it's not, and also like, yeah, of course it is. But it's such a hard thing to do. So asking questions does not mean that you should not be doing the job that you have or that you aren't good enough to be there. You earned a degree with a lot of hard work. You pass the tests and you are the person qualified to be there. You don't have to know it all. It's so, so different from what you had to do in grad school, which was know it all, right? Know it all, pass the test, make the best grade, be the best in your clinicals, and if anyone had a question, know the answer. It's so, so different. It's okay to not know it when you are in the field, but to know where you can find it. So if you don't have an answer or you don't have a resource, 
know where to find it, know who to ask, and know who you can reach out to to get answers to the questions that you have, even if it's just something like, where do I fill my water bottle in this building? Where do I go to log in a session? What's your favorite way to keep track of your stuff for progress reports, right? So my main takeaway from grad school honestly was that you don't have to know it all, but know where to find it. And I think one of my um, clinical supervisors, thankfully, um, shared that information with me. So it is okay to say, I don't know the answer to that, but I can find out and get back to you. Or I'm not sure what this is or how to do it. Can you show me or do you know where I can find more info? Or even that's not my specialty, but I can connect you with someone who can work on this. It's part of growing and it doesn't make you weaker, but stronger and more a part of the community. And if your leaders are not supportive of that, then maybe it is not you who is the problem or feeling like the imposter. And maybe they are a little scared too. All right, advice number two. Your students don't know your plan. They don't. Just because a session doesn't go the way you planned it or a student isn't progressing the way your textbooks say they will, it doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. It is okay. Or if you don't have a plan and you grab some materials on the fly to make a session happen, if it ends up going differently, they will be none the wiser. This was a big lesson that I actually learned in my yoga teacher training, which I took in my, I think, second or third year of um, being an SLP, being out in the field. And it has tremendously helped me, not only as a yoga teacher, but as an SLP. So when I teach a yoga class, I am the only one that knows what I'm going to do. And when I'm an SLP, I am the only one that knows what I have planned or not for this session and how I'm thinking it will go. No one else. So in yoga, if I forget a pose or I mess up the breath count or something like that, like it's no worries because no one else knows. If I leave out a chunk of a sequence that I had planned, no one knows that that chunk was supposed to be in there. And so from my perspective, I totally messed it up. From their perspective, they got everything they needed and it was seamless. So if you skip part of a session, grab the wrong game, or you have like a different outcome or different success or not, it's no worries because your students will still get a lot out of it and they won't know that you messed up and you'll get done what needs to happen, even if it wasn't exactly the plan. All right. The next one is to keep it simple. <sighs> there is so much, so much out there for you to learn. So many styles that you could use and like so many therapy shoulds and should nots uh, that are there and so many fun things that you could bring to your class or to your session and it can quickly get overwhelming or feel like FOMO. So it is okay to not do all of those things. It is okay to keep it simple. 
And usually that means that it's more enjoyable and it's more your style. And it's even okay to not really plan it all out precisely, like we talked about in the the previous part. You don't have to go over the top with planning your sessions or lessons. Most of the time, those elaborate plans or things set out way in advance don't do that much more to help your students and can add more to your stress. And many times, the plan doesn't go exactly as planned. Keep it simple and keep it human. Allow space for you and your students to shift and change as needed. All right, the last one is to be yourself. You are the SLP. You are the teacher. You are the clinician. You are the one in charge. You do not have to do things the way that your professors or your supervisors did. You do not need to do things the way the internet says you do. There is more than one way to be a therapist or a teacher and to help your students learn and grow and thrive. So bring yourself to the sessions and it will foster deeper connections, trust, and growth. Your authenticity will shine through and make it a better experience for all. It can take time to find your footing or your style, but allow it to come through with your personality, your vibe, and you'll be all the better for it. So what is something you plan to use, whether it's like your first year, your 10th year, or you're shifting around your setting? Share in the comments over on the blog or Send a DM to Jesse Andrix on Instagram. And if you are looking for a little something to bring to your classroom, check out my upcoming course, Mindfulness in Your Speech Room. So if you're looking for some fun and out of the box ways to connect, not something that you should do, but just something that you may be inspired to do, that might help you to feel truly authentic and supportive of your students, make sure to sign up for the waitlist for the newest course, Mindfulness in Your Speech Room or Classroom. It's a course for SLPs and educators that will share how you can bring mindfulness and yoga into your classroom as little or as much as you'd like and how it can change everything for the better. You can sign up for the waitlist at the link below and snag an exclusive discount when doors open later in September. Thank you so much for being here today. Love and light to you.